We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast coming Monday afternoon, October 2nd. And on today's show, I'm joined by Chris Hine of the Star Tribune to discuss what we'll be looking for in the first week of these Wolves preseason games, Chris. But also kind of surprised today at practice. Yes. We got our uh, we got our first in-person look at at Carl Anthony Towns doing a little bit of work in practice and and he, he spoke to us uh, in the media. Let's hit that first. What, sure. what stood out to you from what what Carl did say, didn't say, how much he could talk, like how high his voice could <laughs> how go? How high his voice could go? He, yeah. couldn't, he couldn't really adjust the volume of his voice, he said today. Um, well, I think the first thing that I think we all noticed was not just how he sounded, but how he looked. He looked right. much trimmer. Um, and I think it was Jace that asked him, about you know is that more of the result of your summer work or the recent illness that you were battling and he said both right and he said he was down to 231 i believe Mm -hmm. was the was the number which he's usually in the 250 range so i even remember one time maybe tibbs's last year the first year of ryan Mm -hmm. i think it was like up like at 260 yeah you know and that was that might have been after an off season where there was like you know i think he actually wanted to put on weight where they were going to lean into him more in the post, in the post and that yeah. sort of thing, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean, he was doing his workout with his shirt off, and I'm like, I, I would have honestly guessed less than two thirty. Yeah, yeah, he, he looked real. He looked, he looked really trim. Um, and I want to make yeah, it clear, yeah, like yeah. not in like a feeble way, right? Necessarily, right, 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 like I think probably yeah. people associate that with like, oh my god, he he's sick, and wasting he lost away, so much weight, and no, no, not at all. Maybe like five pounds yeah. worth of sickness or whatever, but he's clearly. That was clearly what he was yeah. trying to do in the offseason, too. And it makes sense if he's going to be playing more at the four, just on sure. both ends of the floor. It makes complete sense if he's not going to be in the post banging around as much mm-hmm. as he usually is. Um, yeah. And like you said, he really he said he couldn't raise his voice above much of a he, it wasn't a whisper, but it was definitely not like you and I are talking right now. <laughs> exactly. It was very quiet. I was I was worried my recorder wasn't going to be picking up <laughs> what he was saying. He was he was speaking so low. Um, but, you know, to, to kind of detail what he said, you know, he, he said he was in the hospital, um, you know, wasn't too concerned about basketball for a little while there. Um, got back on the court today doing non-contact stuff. 
uh, was just cleared to walk on Saturday for the first time. Uh, is what he said. Yeah, and which we saw him at FanFest on Saturday. We saw him at FanFest, yeah, yeah. I think it, it just meant like, I don't know, when I hear cleared to walk, that sounds like more of like a physical ailment, like your body can't physically walk. I don't think that was it. They just yeah, really right, wanted, right. my read on it was, they just really wanted him to stay home and rest. Sure. All, all of last week. Right, right. And, just just take your time. Um, and he said he anticipated uh, being able to play in the opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the season, season opens, opener. see the season opener. Yes, in about two weeks. So, you know, from all appearances, it looks like it's not going to cost him any mm-hmm. regular season time. Um, we're not going to see him tomorrow night, and I, I'd be surprised if we saw him any time this week right. in terms of on the court. Um, but it looks like he's I, still I would a assume go for so. Oklahoma they play. City. They play Miami on the fourth. Mm-hmm. Play the Lakers on the sixth. And then they play the Clippers, Clippers on the ninth, yeah. I believe. The way Chris Finch, when he spoke, talked about it was mm-hmm. it's kind of going to be a whole week of ramping up. So right. while nothing has been confirmed as to how many of these preseason games he'll miss, I'm operating under the assumption that he'll at least He's gone miss for the those, whole week. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Those, those first three preseason games, you know, maybe leaving two or one that he's he's able to get in before before camp, which I think yeah. Finch wants, Rudy wants. I think they'd all yeah. like to play at least a little bit before they, they don't want Oklahoma <laughs> City to be the first time they're playing a game action together. But you know, some of that is dependent on where is Carl at and his recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he's not cleared for contact, he's not going to be suiting up. Um, but that makes sense. Like the last game or two seems like, and, and with Rudy too. You know, they they talked about wanting to rest him. Uh, coming off a Euro basket, um, so we're not going to see him tomorrow night. Right. Um, but you know, again, before the preseason is out, you know, that that I'm thinking of that home preseason game against Brooklyn just before the. That seems like the natural 14th, maybe the 14th. I think it is. It seems like the natural, like, hey, it's a home preseason. Get the game. people going. Get the people going. <laughs> you know, get them in front of the home crowd for the first time. Like that seems like a natural way to get them ramped up for the season. Yeah, I, I think as I mean, we get to talk to Carl today and we're not going to get in any sort of like the nitty gritty weeds about as we kind of have the last week about like, mm-hmm. oh, well, what is when we've talked to Finch or we talked to Mike Honore, the other players are like, how are you guys going to play? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've had a chance to talk to Carl at a couple press conferences since the Gobert signing and today. And one thing that's like stood out to me about the way Carl has talked about how he will be used, functionally playing a different position, yeah. is he doesn't really take the bait on that. He's kind of like, well, there's still going to be times where they need me to bruise in the post. There's still going to be times where I'm doing the exact same things I were before I was doing before, which is which is curious to me because on paper it seems like it wouldn't be very similar at all, or it would be right. It right. would be like ten minutes a night when he's out there and Rudy isn't, or mm-hmm. maybe fifteen. But I'm. I don't know if that's a clue of of how they're going to, you know, how Carl vision, envisions himself playing mm-hmm. or if he's just kind of reticent to let go of some of those things, which would make sense. Could he was be. really good at being a right, center. Right, right. You know? he, he's good at, uh, especially on offense, almost all facets of, right. of being a center. So, you know, why would you willingly want to give some of that up? Well, I think it's just going to be different, too. I mean, you know, look, like. Carl is very good in the post, right? Great. And yeah. one of the things that Gobert is going to be able to do is 
keep some attention away from Carl in the post, mm-hmm. you know, so to have him just be a perimeter, you know, just kind of stand out Exclusively. there, be more on the perimeter yeah. just because Rudy Gobert is here, I think would be a misuse of of stuff that he does really well. Also because Rudy doesn't do that, right? right like you're not right, going to drop right. it into Rudy on the block and be like, go to work. Right, exactly. If so, there's anybody on the team that you're going to do that with, it's, it's only Carl. It's Carl. And when you look at who else is going to be spaced around him and the fact that Rudy Gobert is in there as well, potentially drawing attention. Like, you're not going to be able to leave Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. alone the way you were with, say, Jared Vanderbilt. Right. Um, he will make you pay more. But, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I just don't know the frequency with which he will be doing some of this stuff. And maybe, and, that, and maybe so that's, few what, clues. And that's what we don't know. Yeah, like yeah. How often is he going to be mm-hmm. in the post? Yeah, how often... Basis? It just seems like the assumption is Carl Anthony Towns is going to play basketball so different this Mm -hmm. year because now he plays next to Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it will be necessarily night and day different. Obviously, we'll see differences defensively if they do play a Jason Tatum or something like that. Jason Tatum's playing power forward. Yeah, Carl's guarding Tatum when he probably has never done that before. But there's not that many teams where it's like you're like oh i'm kind of concerned about carl in this in this matchup guarding another power forward so maybe in more ways than not it is it is similar carl's also played drop before in his career it's not like he doesn't know how to do that or has never done that before so i guess this is another like product or sort of letdown of of him not being here is like we don't really know. We don't really know yet. We don't know. We haven't been able to really ask him. And today was our time with him was more focused on how you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and things like that instead of actual basketball, basketball questions. He did talk a little bit about it, um, but he kind of said that where it's like, they're still going to need me in the post. They're going to need me to put up a bunch of threes some nights. Mm-hmm. It all, you know, almost like it's matchup dependent in some yeah. ways, too. Just watching him at the end of practice when he was doing solo work, too. It was way more like in his bag on the perimeter, like yes, bang, bang, was. bang, it like was. Yeah. going into a pull up, like which is we've watched Carl take hundreds of thousands of just three pointers when he's warming up before. And it's normally very stationary. And I would assume if I could get into Carl's head, that's what he thinks will be most different this year is he'll view himself a little bit. Obviously, more as a perimeter player. That's just natural. But a little bit more as like a perimeter creator. Like he drove a lot last okay. year, right? Yeah. But it wasn't right. like wasn't like I'm gonna cross you up or I'm gonna try and like go to a step back. It was like pump, go straight to the basket. Mm-hmm. I think my guess is that Carl wants to show a little bit more of a a forward game, not okay. even like a power forward game. Like I can create my own shot, which we haven't seen a ton of from him outside of the post in his career. Right. And and. That makes complete sense with what they may be asking him to do in the structure of this offense uh, with Gobert there. And again, he's good at it. You know, yeah. he, he's good at, at taking people off the dribble. Like, why not? Why not <laughs> use him? Why not use him in all these ways that he has proven he can be very, very good on the offensive end of the floor? So, yeah, we, we may not have an answer for kind of what this looks like until opening night. You know, right. that's. That might be the first. I don't think. I don't think the preseason is going to offer too many clues right. as to what we're going to see with Carl and Rudy. Um, but before we get into what we're we're looking for in these this first week of preseason games, I'm going to make you sit here while I plug the event that Britt and I are doing <laughs> uh, tomorrow at, at Falling Knife Brew. I just want to let everybody listening know this is going to come out on on Monday night. 
Tuesday night, Britt and I will be doing a, a live show and kind of watch party thing at Falling Knife Brewing. Um, again, you've heard me talk about this. The game starts at 6.30 in Miami. So Britt and I are going to start recording at 5.30. If John's event that I was at on Friday is any indication, I would say get there early if it's important to you um, to have a seat for, for the show or for the, um, or for the live event itself or the, the watch party itself. Again, um, great beer there. They also have seltzers, different things. If you're not a beer drinker, there's going to be food from Toma Moho Grill. And yeah, I, again, I was at John Krasinski's event at Head Flyer on, on Friday night, and it was just really cool to see people. I mean, Chris, we've, we've covered this team for both, both for five years, and there hasn't been that type of, I guess, external intrigue yeah. that, that, that I've been able to see. So I'm, I'm excited, and I hope... Uh, if you are excited to, to watch the uh, the Wolves preseason opener, come to Falling Knife Brewing, and uh, Britt and I will talk for a little bit. We'll take some some Q and A questions from all of you um, in the audience that are there, and we'll watch the game and hang out. So again, Falling Knife Brewing, uh, it's in Northeast Minneapolis. Come there on on Tuesday night. I'd recommend getting there at about five o'clock. All right, Chris. Um, we do have preseason games. We have one tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Tuesday, Tuesday night uh, against Miami. No Rudy Gobert, no Carl Anthony Towns. I think that would have topped our um, what we're looking for. Things to watch. <laughs> exactly. Yes. X factors. Yes. Um, but there are three keys of the game. Yeah. There are other elements that that I'm I'm really curious to see. And we were kind of mentioning this before we started recording. I think Jaden McDaniels might be the the one thing that that I'm most most curious to see on yep. the floor. What what about Jaden is is intriguing to you in in the preseason? Well, I just think back to the last time we saw him on the floor, right? And just what a great game he had to close out that Memphis series. Um, and man, if he could just pick up where he left off in, the, in that, like I think that's every Wolves fan's dream is, <laughs> is you get that for 82 games a night. I don't know how realistic that is, but Jaden uh, on the, I, I think we know on defense he's gonna be largely good. Right. Like I don't, I don't think there's much of a of a question there. But offensive, Jaden, what is that gonna look like this year? And mm -hmm. you know, just how confident is he? Because um, even even though Carl and Rudy aren't gonna be there, you know, we assume he'll be playing with Anton D'Lo. So. Um, Actually, you know, that might give him more room. Might to give him more show. room to show. Or, you know, are there situations where maybe he is the primary guy out there mm -hmm. uh, running the show when they get into That'd be awesome. when they get into the bench? So mm -hmm. I'd be very curious to see kind of how they handle what they want him to do. Is it going to be like, and not not like summer league a few years ago where he where he was kind of the focus? But like that's a good here, Jaden, you're getting you're getting the keys a little bit here mm -hmm. in the preseason to to see what you can do. Yeah, I, I think it's just this mm -hmm. interesting dynamic for the regular season, too, once you do have all five of your starters there, and Jaden is so clearly going to be mm -hmm. the fifth in usage offensively mm -hmm. of those guys. But if you are Chris Finch, if you are Tim Connolly, like, mm -hmm. you want to see Jaden McDaniels grow over mm -hmm. the course of this season. So what are the ways offensively? I mean, defensively, no, it's basically like, do what you were doing before, don't foul as much. Right offensively like how can he be even more impactful and when i think about that last memphis mm -hmm. game he was just like so active around the rim offensively just like one dribble it wasn't just shooting threes it right, wasn't right, right. It, yeah. and that isn't even like the, the 
part of Jaden's game I'm most excited for this season. Mm -hmm. It is what does he do? How quickly can he get from the perimeter to the basket? How much of a tip dunk threat can he be? How much, you know, just that quick little, little slithery to the basket game. Like, I think the preseason, whether it's Tuesday night or through these five games, I think that will give us an indication of where Jaden is sort of in his progression towards a quote unquote leap this season. Yep. Yep. That it's such an X factor for this team. And, and really is like, it, it really is. Um, you think about what this team could be if he is a really viable offensive threat and it's, you know, it could be, it can make a big difference in the, in the ceiling of this team, I think a hundred percent. Um, so, curious to see what he's added if anything you know I, I remember a quote that stuck out for me I, I don't know if it was last year when he said this or if it was two years ago but I think back to when we were talking to him about his shot and he's and he basically said everything kind of has to go right for me mm-hmm. when I when I shoot a three do you remember do you remember that quote yeah it was uh it was right before he was going to the rookie sophomore game yeah okay we were in, yeah. remember we were in that big like theater room yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he's, and, and so I'm, I'm curious, I, I'd be curious to ask him again when we get to chat with him again about like the margin for error on his three point shot. And if he has improved that mm-hmm. any over the summer, like where it's like he, he can maybe get it off in a more difficult situation this sure. year. I'm, 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 I'd be curious to ask him about that when we, when we talk to him again. And then when you're just that tall and long like when we right. talk about shooting mechanics like mm-hmm. it's just a lot more yeah. to need to control mechanically right. and and i think that's when we've watched Jaden go mm-hmm. through shooting slumps over these first two years it does seem that it's like oh man this like these mechanics mm-hmm. are off a degree like i'm trying to release it higher i'm mm-hmm. pushing it more and when you are i mean we, we, most players who are like 6'10 and super long don't have jump shots like Kevin Durant, right? right? It's right. you need to mechanic it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I, I I personally think that if I had to guess right now of who takes more of a leap this season between Jaden and Ant, I would pick Jaden, which isn't to say I don't think mm-hmm. Ant is going to progress. I think he's just, yeah. I think he's kind of like already in the middle of that leap. Yeah. Like I think yeah. the playoffs kind of were that. Jaden, there's just, there's, there's seems to be a more lot room more to pe- grow. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it 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 also feels like we're assigning so much to the jump shot, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not like the biggest believer in Jaden being a high 30s, 40s three-point shooter, but I still feel like that jump is going to come, which I think ties to what is he going to what Okay, you caught it in a catch and shoot spot. What can you do off the dribble? Can you get to the basket? Mm-hmm. How how explosive are you in that way and I guess I'm kind of wish casting that, but I, I do think that's where we'll see the lead. And I was comes. generally encouraged by that pre-ankle uh, injury. Mm. I really felt like the the couple I weeks totally spaced that. <laughs> that was like that, the very that end of, of time in the season. Yeah, yeah, it was just the very yeah. end of the season, right? Like game eighty yeah. that he rolled his ankle or something like that, right? No, it was it was a little. It was Carl's sixty point game night in San Antonio uh, was when he was when he rolled maybe like the ankle. Seventy. He he needed a couple of weeks to come back okay. from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I remember leading up to the to that ankle injury, he was playing really. He was playing the best basketball of his career, right? And he got back to it 
by the you know but kind of by the end of the memphis series that's true but leading up to that ankle injury like you were seeing a lot more aggressiveness from him mm -hmm. he was not just a catch and shoot guy he was he was putting it on the floor and doing stuff with it like i would i want to say if you go back in the like the week or two weeks leading up to that ankle injury you'd see i think he was really starting to to take off on that end of the floor that's a good call again just I'm actually glad my brain has forgotten some Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in terms of just like, are we going to be able to gather anything from like the rotations and, and who plays in these yeah, preseason well, it's, games? It's too, it's too tough without Carl and Rudy there because yeah. I think rotations are just, I think because I think they dominate who's going to end up playing around them is what I'm saying. It, I it, think like, that's right. You know, yeah. it's, and I think Mike Nori kind of talked about that a little bit the other day when I asked him about it. It's like, yeah, you need guys that are going to kind of complement. And we assume it's going to be more Rudy and D'Lo. You need guys that are complement that and more complement Ant and Cat, which seems to be the, the pairings when the others are off the floor. So I don't know that there's going to be much we can glean from yeah. from rotations, but never say never, I guess. Yeah, it, it seems to be like the general perception is... D'Lo, Rudy, mm -hmm. Torian, Prince kind of all make sense yeah. as a threesome because Prince provides more shooting than Kyle Anderson does. And then with Ant and Cat, that's where you would have Kyle Anderson there. But at the you same, have such scoring there already, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, more of a yeah. more of a defense, less of a you know, you can afford to sacrifice some shooting there. Mm -hmm. But we do this every year. The, yeah, Who knows? It, it, it's just it's. Who knows? Does it work like that? It isn't right. like okay, we're gonna play those three together for twenty six minutes, and then these ones for mm -hmm. twenty three minutes. Like, it is a mix, and right. it is a it is a churn. So I think in the preseason, in terms of rotation, maybe the mm -hmm. only telling things we'll be able to see are in that one we talk about a lot, like the Jalen Noel, Austin Rivers, Bryn Forbes. Yeah. Maybe maybe these preseason games this week we'll be able to. Oh, for Finch, it'll be kind of a chance to signal mm -hmm. you've talked about Jalen taking this jump. You've also talked about being excited about Austin Rivers and Bryn Forbes. Right. Does he hint at some pecking order there in in the backcourt off the bench? Because while yeah. that seems super deep down there, I think that backup shooting guard position is going to be pretty important for this team mm -hmm. given how given what you lose, have not having Pat Bev in the mix there. Mm -hmm. Like how much do you need a is Bryn Forbes a Malik Beasley facsimile? Yeah. You know, is, is Austin Rivers a Pat Bev facsimile, or is it just like here you go, Jalen? Right. And, and maybe that, and maybe maybe it's Jalen's job to lose. I do think the preseason will hint at that. If it feels that way, I mean, from everything we've heard and the way we heard, you know, Finch when he brought up Jalen as unprompted as being such a big part of their summer <laughs> back in June, it feels like they've penciled him in for Malik's minutes. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not, but it feels that way. It does. So it, 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 it's it's the operating assumption, right? But we, I do this. But listen, all the if time. Austin Rivers <laughs> is shutting people down, like you know, could be hard to take him off the floor, particularly um, if you, when you don't have that Pat Bev anymore. Yep, I yep. mean, I my my initial reaction to to Finch saying that about Noel is I was mm -hmm. like, yes, here we go, twenty two minutes a night, every mm -hmm. night for Jalen Noel. Yeah. And, and I still assume that, but then you see the Austin Rivers signing happen. You see the Bryn Forbes signing happen. You go, well, those type of players kind of make sense too and, yeah. on, on your bench. And I mean, and, and, and maybe, maybe we'll learn that 
Rivers can find a way into the rotation, maybe cut into some of Prince's minutes. Yeah. You know, or can Forbes cut into some of J Max minutes? You know, like, is, I mean, it, I never, is it all concentrated on Noel, Rivers, Forbes, or is there a mix they can get? To? Maybe, maybe, maybe more of a mix. And well, you know, and the other thing that I'll, I'll bring up that, you know, we know like D'Lo doesn't play 82 games in a season. That's true. You know, D'Lo's probably going to miss some time somewhere along the way. That's just what the natural arc of his career has been. Mm -hmm. So you might need to fill in 15 to 20 games with who at point guards, who's starting at point guard. You know, is it, is it Jordan McLaughlin in those games? Um, You know, is then Jalen the backup point guard coming off the, the bench? And that's, you know, so I, I'm fascinated know, to see if that could fun. also be a reason why they went out and got Some as many guards as they did. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I and, you know, knock on wood, we don't want D'Lo to get hurt. But if he right. if he does and has to miss two, three weeks, what are those two, three weeks? Like, what does it look like at point guard? Right. Right. I, I don't think mm-hmm. I'm of the mind that if if magically D'Lo had to miss these first two weeks of the season that you're like, OK, Jordan McLaughlin, here you go. 30 minutes a night at point right. guard. Right. Right. I don't know. I, don't I would know assume it it's like. some ant. Right. Does point ant take over? And, you know, as much as he has said that he's not a fan of playing point guard, do they, does he do it in a pinch? You know, I don't know. I, I think this roster dictates that it kind of has to. Yeah. Yeah. Because if not, it is Jalen Noel. I mean, Austin Rivers has not really played point guard. Mm-hmm. And we making a thing out of Kyle Anderson being able to ball handle a little bit, but that's not a point guard. Bryn Forbes is the size of a point guard, but he plays shooting guard pretty right. pretty directly. So, so yeah, I mean, just just seeing those guys, maybe it's better than trying to figure out what the pecking order of Noel Rivers, Forbes is. Seeing once they once Finch kind of breaks up the rotations in preseason mode, mm-hmm. what which of any of those guys takes on some primary ball handling duties? Because you're right, at, at some yeah. point this season. Somebody's going to probably need to do it if yeah. Dilo or Ant or James. I mean, what if J Mac misses time? Right, right. That, that, that's yeah. twenty minutes a night too, probably mm-hmm. of lead ball or ball handling duties yep. that are necessary with this group. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I put down in my notes what we're looking for. Like, what do they schematically show defensively? <laughs> um, there's no Carl and Rudy. Does it again? Yeah. Does it even matter? How do you know? It's kind of how does Nas look playing the drop? Is that is that what we're yeah. is that what we're going to be seeing? Like, who's going to start tomorrow? Right. I, I assume Nas at the five. Gets, yeah, I mean, I, I, I go, who else? I, yeah. <laughs> I, even though they want him, even though he's trying to play more four because there's not really mm-hmm. much of a path for him to get on the floor this year if he's playing the five. Kind of got to be him. Kind of got to be him. And I assume Kyle Anderson probably gets the nod as well. Yeah, one day last week, right, Finch kind of mm-hmm. said that when they were going into, we asked, like, what it's been like yeah. running center stuff, not having Carl and having Rudy somewhat limited. And he's like, yeah, Kyle just kind of hopped in and yeah, he was playing some five right, and yeah. he knew what to do. Um, some, mm-hmm. some, maybe it's that. But yeah, it's just everyone's been waiting to see the Timberwolves play since they traded for Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And then first night, starting center, Nas Reed. Nas like, Reed. That's yeah, just, we're going to have to wait a little while on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The one other thing I put down here was how, what is it? How does Ant use these this extra size he has? You know, this mm-hmm. extra ten pounds. Where where does that show up in his game? Right, and you you think about added weight is probably the first thing my head goes to is like physicality, right? Physicality yeah. going to the rim sure. and and finishing. I thought it was interesting when he told us the other day he really felt that added strength in his legs and yeah. how it was really helping his jump shot. That one that kind of stood out to me. Is like, oh yeah, that. That matters too. It makes it makes complete sense. You're, right. you're better conditioned, stronger legs, more on your shot. Um, well, and I think too, you know, if he's going to be drawing more prime defensive matchups this year, it's certainly going to help on that mm-hmm. on that end of the floor too. Um, not just all offense, but you know, one of the things I'm most looking forward to with him this year is how is he improving in terms of his court vision and his passing? Because I mm-hmm. feel like that's the one area where he can really improve. Yeah. Um, and that he's maybe struggled with at times, uh, especially when he gets blitzed. Yeah. Um, you know, so if, if that happens in the preseason, be watching for a little bit of that, where how is he handling some of the different coverages that may be getting thrown at him? I mean, it's preseason, so it's not like they're going to be And, and I would involved, say on the other but, side, too, like yeah. how, how does he look in the different defensive coverage yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to have? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, so much of his rookie year – what do you what can you even really take from what what that team was particularly defensively you mm-hmm. saw him you saw ant find success in the defensive role he had to play last season there's been no ifs ands or buts that about ant needing to play on ball more yep. this season you don't have patrick beverly you don't have jared vanderbilt everyone's like oh well just put jaden on luca or whoever you know the, yeah. like yes but when these teams have multiple like dangerous creators, right. it's gonna fall on Ant and right. and to some mm-hmm. extent D'Lo too. Mm-hmm. But does that physicality show up? Like I feel like the the best Ant like clips I can picture in my mind are him just like out on the perimeter, just kind of being that like 
brick wall. Right. You know, uh, he's, he's, I think back to that game in Dallas when they didn't win it, but they he like stuffed not stuffed Luca or Stone Luca, however you want to phrase it. But like mm-hmm. Luca was trying to get like the last shot off or something like that. And Ant was just right there with him every step of the way. And, and it, was, Ant, it was probably like, the best defensive possession he had all season. But and he did that. some of that against Jaw too. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah. it felt so much last season when he did that on ball, you're like, whoa, Ant. Like mm-hmm. it was like him turning on a light switch or Quite frankly, trying harder. Yeah, yeah. On, on defense there. Like exactly when he made up his mind that he was going to stop these guys, he pretty much did. And and I think one way to do that is well, I've seen him do it. He can mm-hmm. do it, you know. But there's there is a difference in doing that consistently for forty eight right. minutes. I Correct. Mean, that's tiring. And that's and maybe that's where the strength comes in. Yes, uh, that's a, know, that's a that's a that's a good way to put it. I'm. So. Yeah, that'll be that'll be curious to see. Just what is what is different about Ant? Maybe I am just underrating the what an extra ten pounds, and maybe there is he's off into the stratosphere, and Ant right. is we're three weeks into the season, and I'm like, oh man, maybe him being the twenty fifth best player in the league was an under <laughs> an understatement, you know? Like yeah, yeah. that 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 very well could be. It's just it's not only about putting on size, but when you're going from nineteen to twenty, twenty to twenty one, twenty one to twenty two, like. Those are the times where you go, oh, my God, this guy mm-hmm. is a completely different player. Once yep. you get to be 27, it's pretty rare that a guy makes and you watch them play again. You're like, oh, they're a completely different player. Yep. It at least holds that mirage or potential reality right. that there could be so much more than even was in an awesome series series against Memphis. Yep, yep. That's, that's what we're looking at. I mean, it's, it's, it gets you both excited and and. I, maybe even a little nervous, though, for, for some people. It's like, what if that doesn't quite happen? Right. What if he... It feels kinda, baked in. And what if he gets... Right. It feels like this is, this should just happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't discuss, well, you know, it's what if what if things just don't mesh well for him with, with Rudy? These are all like, propositions, know, right? It all seems like it should just work. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a world out there where it, it doesn't, you know? And, and it's a slower so, process right, or, or right, something. Right. Yep. Um, anything else deep, maybe deeper down the roster that, that you'll be you'll be tracking, aiming like like, oh, this is this happened. And in the, in the preseason or is it just kind of maybe if there's no Rudy and Carl, it's like, how much can we, we necessarily learn from? this? Well, I mean, you know, Wendell Moore, I guess, uh, you know, yeah, that's a good we role. haven't really penciled him in for any sort of role mm-hmm. this season, but. How does he show in the preseason? You know, he's going to get minutes, I'm sure. But, you know, is he maybe ready to help if injuries ravage the roster? Or is he it's, a it's year or two stuff. away? Right. But, like, remember when two years ago, like, Jalen Noel had, like, 30 in a preseason game. And then I think the next one, he maybe had, like, 20 or something. And mm-hmm. you were like, oh, that was kind of, like, the first flare of, like, yeah, there, yeah. there's, there there's more in this Jalen Noel yeah. kid's game than I thought. And... I mean, quite frankly, with Wendell, I don't like. I don't think summer league was all that. He didn't pop. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but maybe he's not the. Maybe he's not the type of guy who pops in that environment. Maybe he really does. Is the guy who's bolstered by the the structure of, of an NBA roster and or NBA coaching, more talent Could around be. him, and mm-hmm. I mean, the, everybody's going to play. Like every, right. everybody's going to play in this. Maybe along those lines too. I'd even go a little bit deeper, into like some of these two-way slash yeah. training camp guys, I just think there's a decent chance that, like, 
one of those guys who we've pretty much dismissed into like the two, the Eric Pascals, yeah. the PJ Dozier, CJ Ellaby. Kind of like, okay, well, it doesn't really seem like there's a roster spot. You know, four or five good preseason games from one of those guys where they've shown a leap in, in their game. Maybe maybe you, you do start reconsidering, do you need both Nate Knight and Nas Reed on this roster? Yeah. Would it be really helpful to have a PJ Dozier as another defender on the perimeter, some energy from CJ Ellaby, mm-hmm. whatever it whatever it might be. I think those are more often the real storylines yeah. that that transpire in in preseason. Um where it's just yeah, somebody we didn't really expect much from. That that pops up. You've thought about that more than I have. Well, I, <laughs> just I, in that I, little, just in that <laughs> little uh, speech you gave there, uh, I haven't really gone that deep into. into I don't blame What you. if? What if? I'm doing a lot of podcasts, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm digging. We'll cr- I'm digging. I'll, I'll cross that bridge if it gets there. If somebody like catches my eye and priest and <laughs> like, oh man, well maybe this guy. Yeah, sticks Eric, around. I mean, Eric Pascal yeah, yeah. at least is on a two-way. Like, right, right. We know so he's going be to be part right, of the team. Right, right. Like you're right. It is probably we're getting. Yeah. Too, if I'm starting breaking down Luca Garza, like maybe <laughs> you need to shut up a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I'm 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 still excited to see this team um, mm-hmm. this week and what they show they've already mm-hmm. developed. Uh, maybe we do still see if it's Nas and Nate Knight out there. We do see what this team looks like and drop. Obviously, yeah. Nas is not going to be as good at drop coverage as Rudy Gobert is. Right. So maybe that's not the part of it to focus on. But it's not just about the center. Right. It's what about does D-Lo what does like everybody else do. Right. Right. And that, just just repping that out for mm-hmm. a couple nights. Even if, even if it isn't it. Rudy Gobert back there. Like you yeah. said, it's like, how do you react in certain situations mm-hmm. when the ball is here and it's moving this way? And right. Who's moving where? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It's gonna all look different, mm-hmm. just as it as we noticed in the preseason last year. Like, mm-hmm. oh wait, you know, here's Carl up blitzing yeah, pick yeah. and rolls. We're like, I've never seen that before. Right. Like, there's going to be an element of that in the preseason that I think, I think a lot of people are gonna go, no, Cat and Rudy, this is academic. Like these preseason games are academic. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's totally true. It's not. It's not. There, um, there's gonna there's be always some something value. that you can glean. And I feel um, like Finch and crew is is eager to see that them, mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, they have because they do have these rotation decisions to make. They do need to decide how much are we going to switch the defensive scheme up. Mm-hmm. Feels like right now they're like laying the groundwork, but they know it might slide one way or the other. Whether we're talking about rotations, how that might work, yep. or how much how aggressive they want to be defensively, how conservative they want to be. Like Finch has said all year, like all since the Rudy trade, like. That's kind of the point. I don't really know yet. Right. I right. need to, I need to see it on the floor. I need to see Rudy and Carl together. I need to see D'Lo guarding the point guard, not right. playing for your safety anymore. I got to see those things on and, the floor before I can make. And real he's decisions. very much a coach that does. He doesn't want to pigeonhole his players into something that they don't do well. Right. So, you know, that's that's just who he is as a coach, and it's the right approach to take. Um, so. Does it not work? Does it work? Uh, what works? What doesn't? TBD. You know, TBD. To be determined. Well, Chris, you'll be covering it all um, mm-hmm. at the Star Tribune. Obviously, yep. read, subscribe, do everything to to follow um, mm-hmm. Chris's work there. Obviously, you can follow him on Twitter as well at Christopher Hine. Um, we'll be we'll be talking about this this team through preseason as academic or <laughs> unacademic as it as it proves to be. But uh, 
Spirits are high, Chris. Spirits are high. We're, we're, we're excited to be a regular on this podcast, but it's my first kind of mm-hmm. regular ish appearance. Yes, um, that's a that's a smart thing to plug. Chris which, is every yeah. every Monday, kind of once it'll be once it's the season, we'll probably do it earlier in the morning. So these will be up around noon on Mondays. But but Chris <laughs> traveling on the road, we'll we'll pin each other down and figure out a way to 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 make this work make every work. Monday throughout the season. I'm excited to have Chris on Mondays. Jason on Wednesdays, Kyle on Fridays, and then you know Britt. Not as easy to pin down. <laughs> One other day a week, Britt will. I, I think that's the motto for Britt's life. He's just not a not an easy guy to pin down ever. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, uh, and again, me and Britt, uh, Falling Knife Brewing Company, um, Tuesday night, five o'clock. I'd get there, and uh, we'll make it happen. He's uh, he's Chris Hine. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Hine. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. Till then, peace out. Feeling better, I hope it never stop, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah